The call on the ice stands. We got a goal. I'm loving these kids. I want to adopt them. How's that? I want to clean them up and raise them as my own. What's up, Squid Squad? You're listening to the Squid Pod. I'm Dan Morris. This is my brother Jeremy. How's it going, eh? Welcome to episode 26, the Ryan Winterton episode. Yeah, Ryan buddy. Of course, the Kraken's third round draft pick out of the OHL Hamilton Bulldogs. He didn't didn't. I don't think he made a preseason game this year, but uh, he'll he'll be up in a little while. Yeah, we'll give him we'll give him a couple of years. He's a he's got a lot of potential. He he didn't the OHL didn't play during the COVID year, so he's kind of uh, he could have went anywhere. So um, he could, we we could see him up in a few years, but we'll we'll give him a shout out here. Ryan Ryan Winterton is the he wore number twenty six in training camp, so you know that makes this the Ryan Winterton episode. The only number twenty six in Seattle Kraken history. All oh, right, damn right. It's a big episode today because oh, why is it ever? We got we got to watch the first regular season game in history. Uh, yeah. Before before we get into it though, some news: they announced a captain. Mark Giordano was named captain before the game. Uh, it was kind of unexpected to me, honestly. I thought they'd go the Vegas route and not have a captain the first year. Um, and then you know if Giordano maybe got an extension he did seem like the obvious choice to be the captain but they just they, they like him enough this year he's a, a good enough leader that they made him the captain how do you feel about that uh, I love it you know we we kind of have talked all through this process about how we've sort of separated ourselves from that Vegas comparison which everyone is going to obviously you're going to compare him to the most recent expansion team when it happened five years ago so it makes it makes perfect sense but you know, every step of the way we've, we've, we've been different in the way we've rolled it out. You know, we, we held off on Jersey sales. So we had all players numbers. We, um, we sold out our tickets in 10 minutes instead of two months. You know, there's, there's a lot of things we've done differently than Vegas. Our jerseys are a thousand times better and seem to be like 99% approval rating by anybody I hear talk about them nationally. So whereas Vegas seemed to have, you know, eh, kind of a, a, a meh reaction. So I like that there's just a lot that we're doing differently. And I think this just goes right in that mold where Vegas, there wasn't really an obvious choice. I mean, if it was, it would be Mark Andre Fleury and you know, Vancouver did the goalie captain thing. And it just, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right. You know? Yeah. Um, sorry. Sorry to any goalie listeners out there. I don't, <laughs> I hate to be the, the anti-goalie bias, but the, but I, I think, uh, I think there was just no obvious choice in Vegas. So it made sense for them to hold off. And I think Mark Stone, as much as we, I already hate him and I love that I got a player to hate, but we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, I love that we just, we had an obvious choice. Mark Giordano. Yeah. Obvious choice. I, I agree with you. I was a little surprised that without at least like a two year extension or something announced um, that he is the captain since he's a pending free agent and he could, in theory, be our first captain that only plays here for one year. So, but if anybody, if there's anybody for it, it's Giordano. What, what about you? What were your thoughts when you heard that we didn't go with just assistance? We, we named Giordano captain. Yeah, I was surprised, but I loved it because you're right. Giordano is the obvious choice. He seems like a great leader. Uh, you know, none of the guys seem to ever have anything bad to say about him. I think he was the captain in Calgary for eight seasons. Yeah. Seven or eight seasons. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been around the league. He's 38 years old. Like he knows, he knows everything there is to know. So. It's great to have a guy like that in the room, and uh, it's 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 good to see them just say, giving him the credit he's due, you know? 
Yeah, I uh, I actually had uh, I had I had a I had both my beer league teams played on Tuesday night at nine and ten thirty at the the Kraken Iceplex. So I actually had to I watched the first period. The game was recording, and I ran down as fast as I could and we'll cut a little bit of the second. But uh, I, on the intermission on the radio, I heard uh, an interview with uh, Ian Furness uh, of KJR and Mark Giordano, and man, he had nothing but great things to say about the city. You know, he talked about obviously being a little bit of a shock the first kind of 48 hours, you know, he played one, he never played anywhere career. else. One, <laughs> one city's whole career has been the captain for almost a decade there. So, but he said they, they moved in about two weeks ago with his whole family. They've been to, he said the aquarium, the beach, the zoo, they, you know, they're, they're seeing nice. the city, they're having a good time. And he, uh, he said, it's fun to get recognized. And he said, it's fun to see the passion of, uh, and then the city and the anticipation that we we've all had. So keep showing, keep showing captain G a good time out there. Uh, That's what are the assistants? Yeah, who else are, who, who else are the captains? Uh, the assistant captains are named uh, Adam Larson, another defenseman, and then Jordan Eberle, Jaden Schwartz, and Yanni Gord, who has not yet made an appearance in a game. Yanni but, Gogo. Uh, Yanni Gogo. This is a pro <laughs> Yanni Gogo podcast, that's for sure. Um, all, right. I mean, I guess choices I'm I'm not surprised by. Yeah, no surprises right. as far as uh, as far as the captain announcements goes. Uh, and all of those scores. guys are going to be there for at least four years how long i think yeah. eberly is the shortest does he have three years or does he have four as well yeah i think they all do have, they all have at least three or four yeah they yeah. so the, the core is right there where even if jordana doesn't come back they may just transition right into another captain or they may have just yeah. maybe one or two years without one but um hopefully we get jordana for more than just one year we'll, we'll get him for a few years i'm confident there um yeah. but yeah i think the leadership group is solid i uh i I was kind of surprised. Yeah, there's four assistants. I feel like it's usually, you know, I feel like it's three, but I think four. It's it's a new team, and I think they have a good group of guys. So I yeah. have a, I, I have no problems with anybody that they with with any of the captain choices. I I think they went the right direction. Yeah, for sure. All right, we should let's get into the game. Yeah, yeah. First thing that jumped yeah. out at me: uh, starting lineup, Hayden Fleury on the top pair with with Mark Giordano. Yeah, and he got he got some good ice time too. I was uh, a little surprised by that as well. Um, I liked Vince Dunn a little bit more at times in training camp, but they really like Hayden Fleury there, I guess. <laughs> I think they like Vince Dunn's offensive game, but I think they're a little worried about his defensive game. Cause if I, I think I tried to take yes. note and I think Vince Dunn was the only defenseman. I didn't see get any penalty killing time. I'm pretty sure all five other guys were out there at different points on the penalty kill. Um, I could be wrong there, but I don't recall seeing Dunn out there on the penalty kill. It just makes me think that they're a little hesitant of his offensive or his defensive ability. And they like Hayden Fleury's yeah. two-way game more. Hayden Fleury's a little bigger. Um, so yeah, you're correct, I, you know, you're I, correct I, by the way, Dunn did not get any okay. penalty kill minutes. Okay, cool. Um, I'm glad my, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad yeah. I was watching the game. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, you know, I, I, I got no problem with, with, with what they're doing right now. They have to figure it out. It's going to be a learning process for all of us and for all these guys together. So <clears throat> there's some guys getting a lot of minutes right now. Who's probably going to end up going down. There's some guys not getting many minutes in that first game that they're going to see their minutes go up. So the play will, will, will dictate all of that. And uh, you know, I'm, I, yeah, I just said that that was the first thing that jumped out of me was seeing Hayden Fleury. I also, I loved the first shift of the game, how the first line just got possession, got the puck deep, created multiple oh, yeah. scoring chances. Jordan never hit the crossbar, like 20, like 15 seconds into the game. And we drew a penalty like right away. Like we, like you couldn't, you, I mean, obviously scoring would have been the only thing that would have been better, but other than that, you couldn't script a better start to get the guys like they're in that hostile environment. It's loud. Vegas is pumped. And we just jumped on them. 
But then we didn't score oh. on that power play. And uh, no. I thought the same way, though. That was, there, a, Dan. that was a fantastic first shift. Like like you said, man, I I think I tweeted about it, too. I was just like, oh, this this, this is a legitimate top line already. You can tell. They can hang with yeah. Vegas's first line because Vegas was a very good first line. Um, but, yeah. yeah, the power play just did not look great. Um, yeah. I think I saw over – I don't remember how many power plays they had, but they only had, like, three shots or something, like, all game yeah. on the power play. So that was a bit rough. And then it just kind of went downhill the rest of that first period. Vegas ended up getting two goals on their first three shots. So yeah. less than ideal start. Um, God, there's a second one though, that was, the... that was that like great move by Marcheseau, right? That's just, yeah, that's, that's like, a, as we've mentioned earlier, that's when we say a goal scorer's goal. Yeah, it, it might not patience. look like much, but the patience, the patience, mm-hmm. the patience, the patience. There's one thing I've learned, like, Sometimes just holding the puck will make you look so good. And that's exactly exactly what Marchessault did there. What did you think about the first goal? Which uh, Remind me, how, which one was the first one? The first one was the, the uh, first one just was. the shot that beat Grubauer. Oh. Just the yeah. wrist shot. Who took, who took the shot? Uh, uh, Pacioretty. Uh, Pacioretty, that's right. Pacioretty, by the way. Fun fact, do you hear he's now the first player in NHL history to score against all 32 NHL teams? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, he was the first one to score against us, and he scored against everybody else, so he was, uh, he's the first guy in history. Uh, yeah, no, that one is, was a bummer to, you know, fall down right away. But, that's, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. What did you think about it? I, I thought, I mean, I thought it was a good shot, but I would have loved to have seen a big save there. You know, it's kind of, yeah. you know, it's kind of how I felt like, you know, Grubauer sort of was kind of the theme of the game was he made some big saves. Don't get me wrong, but and Vegas is a, a great, a great team. They're, they're as good offensively as you're going to come across with, you know, Colorado, Tampa Bay. They're they're you know, those are kind of the, the three teams that, you know, it's going to be hard not to give up less than four goals against those guys. Like it's going to be hard every time we play them, but that's what we need when we need Grubauer to be on his A game and as good as he looked all preseason, it looked almost like the moment, you know, he was just a little too amped up there. Um, you know, it was a hard wrist shot, top corner, right by his glove. But I would have loved to have seen a big save on that first one. That second one, I don't really think there's anything you can do about it as a goalie. Uh, you know, the defense, sometimes a guy gets a front and you expect him to shoot and you get caught watching, which is kind of what I saw happen to our defense there. Everybody just is staring at March, saw waiting for him to shoot. And when he just waits and waits because he feels everybody yeah. staring at him and not coming after him, it puts Grubauer in kind of an impossible spot, but I would love to see a save on the first one, but at the same time, it wasn't a bad goal. It's a great shot. Uh, I liked yeah. our first period, honestly, like we were down 2-0. I feel like the power play scuffled on their only chance, but Brandon Tanev had that breakaway on our first penalty kill. The penalty kill I thought looked oh, really yeah. good. Uh, Tanev good looked like he might've had Leonard beat had he gone upstairs, but he lost the puck. Um, I felt like we kind of went tit for tat with Vegas. They just happened to bury their first two opportunities and, you know, we hit the crossbar on our first one. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't upset at the end of the first period. How did you feel sitting down 2-0 at the end of one? Uh, the main thought going through my head was don't get shut out. <laughs> <laughs> Already? Oh, yeah. damn. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't there. Look, I, I didn't say it out loud, but I, I, it crossed my mind. You tell me you didn't think think it at least once. No, you know, honestly, because <laughs> that's of the, good. because of how the period, of because of how the period went, I really didn't. Also, I was in such a, a fl- I was flying down I five trying to get to Northgate <laughs> as fast as I could. So my mind was that's a good point. That's my mind was point. racing. Um, yeah, no, but, no, but, uh, but no, I did, I did like the first period. You know, I wasn't upset about it at all. I was like, oh man, you know, they got their chances. It sucks that Vegas 
you know, just happened to capitalize on theirs and we couldn't, but uh, that's, that's hockey, baby. Right. <laughs> that's hockey, baby. I just, you, you know, when you, when, when you, it's a, it's a lot easier to feel live sometimes I feel like too, but like, I feel like the flow of the game, I feel like it was a pretty 50, 50 first period. I felt like yeah. we were holding our own with one of the best teams in the league right away. So I felt encouraged. I just felt like, you know, group hours got to settle in and make some saves, which he did the rest of the period. I mean, and he, they, yeah. they, it's like they stopped getting chances. Like Grubauer made plenty of saves in this game. And he was, you know, like I said, it wasn't a bad game. It just wasn't, you know, a great game. You know, it was, a, it, was a, mm-hmm. it was an okay game. It was, it was a good game. Um, and I felt like, you know, we just need to get that first one and, and, and we'll, we'll get, we'll get rolling here. So uh, now I was nervous because when I did get to Northgate, by the way, I did come home. I reported the game. I watched the whole game when I got home. So I did, you know, I saw <laughs> everything, but when I got down to Northgate, it was uh yeah. It was, it was three Oh, I didn't like, I didn't like that. But yeah. you know, when I watched it, when I watched it, I, the first thing that jumped out at me was we, we fell behind in the second period, early penalty, then a sloppy too many men penalty, too many men penalty immediately after mm-hmm. the penalty kill killed them both off. But man, that just created a lot of, dare I say, momentum for Vegas, Dan. <laughs> what did you, what did you think about that? Uh, the, the start, I, mean, I just felt like was it, bad. It in the did. Yeah. Period. It was, it's a, it's a tough way to start a period when you're just, take two penalties immediately because you just can't get anything going and they get a bunch of offensive zone time. And uh, yeah, that was, it's not, it's not the way you want to start the second when you're down two goals already, you know, you want to yeah. come out flying in the second and, you know, try and get one back immediately to to get back in it and to just go down like that. And then go down three Oh was a real bummer, but luckily it didn't last too long. I don't what, what was the time between the time Vegas scored their third, I mean, yeah, it was like five minutes later. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Yeah, they and we yeah. we we did a good job because in that moment, like when you're like when you're down three zero in a game that you don't feel like you're playing that bad in, it can just get so frustrating and it can get away from you yeah. very easily. Especially like I've been to a game in Vegas and it's wild. Like every like if anybody heard any of the people talk about it, it's just it's wild down there. The music is so loud; it does genuinely feel like you're at a nightclub and like. The crowd's into it. The crowd's into it. And as much as there are visiting fans of every team there because everyone likes to come to Vegas, it's still a pro Vegas crowd. And there's enough fans there where they're loud and they get into it. So I was happy to see us respond being down 3-0, not, not just sort of fall apart and end up, you know, letting Vegas run away with the game. You know, we battled back, drew another penalty, and at the end of a power play, I don't think the first one was right after a power play expired, right? Right after the power play, yep. Yeah, when yeah. But, Brian uh, Donato. Made history. Ryan Donato. It's going to be a, a trivia, the answer to a trivia question for the rest of time. Ryan Donato scored the first goal in franchise history. You know why Ryan Donato got the first goal in franchise history? I I have a guess. Could What's you tell that, me? Dan? You, no, you tell me. You <laughs> is, it know because he wear, is it because he wears number nine? <laughs> I mean, I have a number one in my jersey power rankings. It's a strong goal scoring <laughs> number. I'm I'm honestly shocked you didn't buy a Donato jersey. Oh, I'm going to now. I ha- I mean, I just have to wait until it's, you know, acceptable to get a third one. But uh, now I absolutely will. Now that he got the first goal ever, there's, you know, it's that, yeah. that just puts the pieces together. But um, no, it was it was awesome to see just a, a so hardworking fun. goal. You know, yeah. like, like, like Vegas is good all around. Leonard's a quality goalie. So they kept getting pucks to the net and Donato just getting position, fighting and scoring that mm-hmm. first goal. And then, you know, another hardworking goal immediately after that. You know, like yeah. they, it ended up being McCann's goal. You know, it looked like Schwartz is in the moment. I think they announced it as Schwartz's at first, but um, yeah, they did. He sort of 
he sort of created it by driving the net by that hard, you know, driving the net and just kind of forcing the defenseman to haul him down into his own goalie. He kind of created that goal, but McCann also creating the play and throwing the puck towards the net. It's never a bad play to throw it at the net, right, Dan? That's right. It's always it's always a good choice. And that's honestly one of the one of the things I'm really excited about Jared McCann is when watching this team, like I think you mentioned this last time, guys might be a little tempted to to shoot the puck because they're on a new team. They don't want to take over, be seen as a guy that's like a puck hog or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they're trying, they're making a, a conscious effort to feed their teammates maybe a little more than they would. Um, mm-hmm. And McCann seems like a guy that if he has a decent opportunity to shoot, he's going to shoot the puck. And yeah. that's something that we need because we need guys to score. And so if we yeah. have one forward who's always willing to take a shot, I think that's a great yeah. thing. Um, and McCann fits that bill. Yeah. Schwartz and Eberle look, look to me like guys that, like you said, Schwartz and Eberle are the guys that, that grew up together, right? Or they were lived in the yeah. same town or something. Yeah, they like, like they the look like guys that like Saskatchewan, I think. are trying to, re- trying to rekindle like old chemistry. Like sometimes it looks yeah. like they're trying to crisscross, go back and forth and make that perfect tic-tac-toe goals. Like we're going to see some pretty goals between the two of them. It's going to get stronger. Yeah. The chemistry as the year goes on. But I agree. McCann looks like if he's got a, if he's inside the blue line and he sees a shot that he thinks he can bury, he's, he's taking it. And I, yeah. I love it. Um, so it's kind of nice to see him get rewarded for actually dishing the puck and he still ends up with a goal, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, it was, it was, it was good to see the two quick goals as we, we talked about in previous podcasts, the most dangerous lead in hockey is the the saying, <laughs> because it, it, all it means is two goals. Sometimes, you know, it happens quick in hockey like that. It just, yeah. it just, it just does that, that, that's that's cracking hockey baby that's that's all <laughs> hockey like it uh it's just the way it goes so uh it was awesome to see us get back in it you could feel everything turn at that point the building got a little quieter you could almost hear the 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 cracking fans that had made the trip uh, on tv and we we were buzzing in the second vegas also came back and yeah. one thing that really jumped out at me was i felt like i saw a lot of iron the vegas hit which was another thing that made me worried about uh about Groovy was I'm pretty sure they hit like three there was a posts. Ton of posts. I think they hit three. Yeah. Yeah. It just it just felt like more to me. So that that, that <laughs> makes me feel better if it was only three. Um yeah. and then and, and then Brandon Tannen after the shorthanded breakaway at the very end of the second there had a great chance to oh. tie the game. You know Dude, what I'm I, talking about? Like he, yeah, he was all he was alone again to. in front of the net. And so he put himself in a good position. He didn't get a goal, but it was good to see the fourth line and Brandon Tanev. Uh, getting himself in position to, you know, score some yeah. goals. He, uh, he, he, he was Tanner, flying out there. He's, he got, was some, he's got some jump on him, man. He's great. They, they, uh, they moved the lines around at one point and bumped yeah. him up. I think, I think he ended up playing with um, Donato and Gigi. Yeah. Yeah. They bumped him up so, in Donskoy's place or something. Um, yeah. And a lot of times, a lot of times what you'll, you'll see is like when, uh, especially after special teams plays, you'll see a lot of jumbled lines for a couple shifts. Cause there's guys that miss yeah. some shifts that, you know, Tanner doesn't play power play. A lot of guys, you know, on the top lines won't play on the penalty kill. So you'll want to get like Everly out there right away after a penalty kill. And we'll just throw out there whoever is fresh, you know? Um, but yeah, Tanner was playing with some top lines for a while. Yeah. He, uh, he loves to hit people. I'm so glad they had him wired and they had a couple little clips of him. He's <laughs> an obvious choice for that. Yeah, um, it's a great choice to be like tell, that. <laughs> you can definitely tell he likes to play physical for sure oh man and yeah by the way the espn broadcast i loved it like yeah it was refreshing I, it was different honestly i hadn't really realized like i i had just gotten used to the nbc broadcast and then espn tried so many things like different camera angles and you know they they, they wired guys got microphones on them and i was just like oh so nbc just like didn't try anything 
ever. Yeah, they at least were trying new stuff, man. They yeah, tried different fun. things and like some of the camera angles were better than others, you know, like the sure. high one, I kind of like seeing the whole ice, but I'd almost like, you know, I don't know, you know, it's it, it had pros and cons. You can see the whole play develop, mm-hmm. but sometimes it feels like you're far away when there's not much going on. So it's kind of nice on TV how it's always zoomed in. So, you know, I, I kind of like the high angle and I kind of didn't at the same time. And the end-to-end cam, I kind of felt the same way. At times it was nice, at times it felt like the camera wasn't quite keeping up with the speed of the play. So I was, it was awesome to see them try new things ultimately. And yeah. the analytics that are, they're going to get better at involving throughout the year will be good. Um, same with TNT tonight. I thought they did a great, fantastic, fantastic job of their yeah. games. It's just, they had like a, they had like a radar gun behind theirs at one point. Like they were showing yeah. how fast a couple of shots went. Yeah. <laughs> they had like a digital power play clock on the ice in the neutral zone or in the, I, I really like that. Which just makes it easy because you can keep your ass yeah. in the play and see how the penalties see see when the penalty's gonna expire. I'm normally I'm normally anti more graphics on the ice, but I actually in this case I was 100 percent when I when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's yeah. very subtle, and I really enjoy seeing that. And to do it like anyway, just on power plays is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought both 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 companies gave me hope for uh for just yeah, trying new things, man. Just trying mm-hmm. new things. And like, you know, they'll get on Twitter, they'll get on Insta, you know, they'll get on, they'll get on social media, they'll see what works and what doesn't work. They're not, you know, yep. they'll They'll figure it out. So it was it was a strong start to the year that way. Uh, it was refreshing to feel feel something different. Um, anyway, so anyway. we're down three two now. We're back back to the game. So we're that was our intermission break. Yeah. We're down three two <laughs> at the end of two at this point, Dan. How are you feeling heading into the third period? We're not. You now know we're not going to get shut out. Oh, so now how are you feel, feeling heading I'm into the third? Feeling great. I'm like 100 percent confident we're going to win this now. Those two quick yeah. goals just. Yeah, they flipped the switch, and I'm like, oh, they, they're going now. They got this. They, they're they all jacked up. They're, they're going to come out, and they're going to score right away in the third. They're yeah. going to win in regulation. <laughs> uh, and it took, it. it took a few minutes. You did a 180. <laughs> I did. I did a complete 180. I was, I was very I was very emotional for this first game. I will admit it. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, but, yeah, it's man, under, that first it, goal, when Geeky got out there and just ripped it, like, top corner, dude. Dude, Geeky's got a shot on him, man. That guy, Dude, that guy can pick corners. Geeky, Geeky squad in the house, absolutely. Oh yeah, man. he, uh, he, like the way he and I, the broadcast pointed this out perfectly. It was the first thing I noticed the way he caught the puck, and he knew he was alone. But when you, when he, when you whip your head around like that, the time that that buys you, like that defenseman should have been able to just force Geeky to the play, get a stick on that puck, and deflect the shot into the into the netting. Like that's what should have happened there. But because Geeky had that look like there was another player coming the defenseman had to just stop for just a second which gave you just enough time to get that shot off and he just hit a perfect shot and uh kind of surprised Leonard but that was a very yeah. subtle play that was a very savvy play and uh it's one of those things that like tells me Morgan Geeky's got 30 goals in him like not like I said maybe not this year yeah. but maybe it is like he's Morgan Geeky's got Morgan he's got talent man he was a uh, that that was awesome to see because it was right after we had there was a quick whistle early in the third that made me a little upset the puck was in the crease and it was oh, still very yeah. early but I was like man that honestly it, I lost sight of it I until the replay that showed it and that that's when I got really mad I was like oh yeah it was, yeah mm. you could see it sitting there on the broadcast I could see it sitting there and I was yeah. just like oh man that's a quick whistle so it was pumped that we scored pretty soon after that and uh yeah at that point, yeah, I was with you, man. I felt like I was like, we're gonna we're gonna win this in regulation. It's three to three. Yeah. Um, we're looking good. But then immediately after that geeky goal, we yeah. had controversy. We had Seattle sports. We had Seattle sports, is what we had. We did. Welcome to the NHL, right? We now, if you uh if you're new here, 
you've suddenly been thrust into the phrase distinct kicking motion it's a uh, phrase that we're very familiar with if you've been very, hockey. every hockey fan gets very familiar with it sooner or later so it's you know let's just dive right in um i don't even remember who who made who made the pass there it was honestly mark stone a, a, mark stone was, made the pass okay it was a pretty tough turnover in our own d zone by the way yeah, Adam Larson went for the big pass yeah. behind the net across across the ice, and Mark Stone picked it off. So it was a bad turnover. Let's start there. Let's call it what it yeah. is. Like Larson's a strong player, but that's a bad that's a bad turnover. Yeah, but then Mark Stone makes a great pass across the ice. Uh, Chandler Stevenson moves his foot, uh, redirects it. Apparently, the, the puck bounces off his skate and goes on that, and it's a goal. They did review it. Um, was it challenged or did they, did they just automatically review it? I could, I, I think it's sure. automatically reviewed. I don't think kicking is actually, ch- Oh no, I think you can, I don't know if you can challenge anything now. I can't remember how it works. You can challenge yes. a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. It used to be, you couldn't, I think you can challenge that now, but either way, yeah. um, well, we didn't have a timeout later, did we? So we must not have, it must've been anyway, yeah, we didn't take one. Dan, I want to hear your take first. Tell, tell people what happened and let's hear what your, what your thoughts are. Uh, so I watched watching live. Right, they make the pass, it goes in the net, and I went, Oh, that's a kick. Like for live. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's he kicked it in the net. Instantly, they call right? it a goal. They call they call it a goal. The ref points, the ref doesn't wave it off, and I'm still looking, waiting for like another ref to come be like, Hey man, was that a kick? And they didn't. And I went, Well shit. <laughs> and then they go to review, and I and at that point, honestly, they went to review, but the fact that they called it a goal and then they started showing replays, I was like, Oh. This is close enough that they're just going to call it a redirect and not a kick because you are allowed to angle your skate and redirect the puck as long as you don't use a distinct kicking motion. So I initially thought it was a kick. I still think it probably was a kick, but I uh, pretty immediately resigned myself to the fact that it was going to be ruled a redirect. How did you feel about it? I mean, we've been around the game long enough where you and I have the same thought process. Like I, as I watched it, accepted it almost immediately. I was like, this is, yeah. we're down four, three, like, cause, cause like there's no time dwelling. There's no time to dwell on it in this game. It moves quick and you get bad breaks and you also get a good break sometimes to me. I think you can tell everything honestly. And usually in a situation like that, by the player reactions. And I think the player reactions said it all uh, from, from, from the Vegas side, from the team that, that gets the goal. Right. So like, yeah. They show Chandler Stevenson on the bench. He's staring at the camera on the on the, on the between the benches, right? He's staring at the replay booth. Whoever was who who the who the the the, the reporter between the benches was saying uh, you know, Emily she, Kaplan. It was she was a uh, wasn't she in Tampa? Oh, you're right. It was it was somebody else. But anyway, he was asking her, and she was like, "Oh yeah, he's at he's like you know he he knows what he did, and he's looking to see what it looked like, and then yeah." the smile on his face, right? Like you saw the smile on his face and the laugh when they called it a goal. That's the same reaction every guy's had when that happens. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just like, so, so that tells me that he kind of knows what he did. Also Mark Stone, if you ever see Mark Stone be on the ice when a goal is scored for his team, the dude goes nuts, right? He celebrates hard and there's nothing wrong with it. Like I love it. Um, If you watch the replay, when I saw the first replay or I saw the, uh, where there's an angle from the side where Stevenson he kicks the puck into the net. I'm just gonna say <laughs> aside from where he kicks into the net, and Mark Stone's coming around and you see his face, and it doesn't even turn into a smile. He immediately whips his head around to find the ref to see what he's doing. And he doesn't he skates right by Stevenson. He doesn't even celebrate with him. He doesn't high five. Like that's so so those two reactions tell me 
the puck was kicked into the net. Like that, <laughs> that, 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 that's just what happened. Now, my problem with it is honestly, it's just, I think, an outdated rule that needs to be rewritten because we all get stuck on the wording of these rules, right? It's like the yeah. whole, I know everyone's talking on Twitter. It's like a catch in football. Yes, the goal interference and the kick ruler, that's the, the reviewing goals is the catch rule in hockey. It is what it is. Like it's nobody knows what's going to stand. Nobody knows what's right and wrong. The NFL is probably better now actually with their catch rule than hockey is with goals being allowed and disallowed. Uh, but I think the problem is that they all get hung up on that phrase and people are like looking for a big kick, like in soccer, but nobody in hockey is going to do that. We're not stupid. Like it's only if you're yeah. trying to pass it and accidentally happen. So the spirit of the rule is you have a stick and you can use that to try and score and anything else you can like let it bounce off you. You can like turn, you can like, you can redirect, you know, a shot into the net. If somebody passes it to you, you can't bat it in with any other part of your body. If anybody mm-hmm. has ever seen Andrew Shaw from a couple of years ago in the playoffs, you remember <laughs> when he jumped up and he headed yeah. it in? I'm not going to lie. I, w- I wish they would have let it stand. <laughs> he jumps up and he heads it with his helmet and it goes in the net and he goes nuts. And I didn't know the rule, but that's when I looked it up. And I thought, oh, you know what? That makes yeah. perfect sense. You can't use anything sense. but you your stick to propel, the, to propel the puck forward. It. Yeah. You can't like, I've seen people like use their like, their ass to like smack it in you know like you and you can get a goal waved off for that if you intentionally bat it with anything else it goes in but for some reason there's this rule at your feet where it has to be a distinct kicking motion when really let's be honest mark stone passed it he didn't shoot it so it wasn't a redirect he passed it and chandler stevenson shot it with his foot also known as a kick so like i i actually had the same reaction as you in the moment i was like that's a kick. Like it's kick mm-hmm. live. And I'm like, he called that a goal. You gotta be kidding me. They're going to overturn this. And then when I saw them go review it and I, I heard the broadcast people talking about it and I was like, man, this is going to stand. All right, let's go get another one. And I immediately yeah. resigned myself to it. And I actually find myself not surprised when they called it a goal, but that doesn't change the fact that I 100% think it was the wrong call. And I think that it's just one of those rules they should, they should revisit and they should really look at the whole point is like of hockey is use your stick to try and score. You can't use anything else to bat the puck in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I don't really know. I don't really know what they could do to it. Um, I was, I, I always feel like the, the distinct part of it, the, the distinct kicking motion feels yeah. a lot like um, what's the wording in football. Like it, the call stands unless you have what, like in indisputable or evidence. Yeah. Evidence yeah. or whatever. It's like that part. It's like, it has to be, very clearly and no doubt a kicking motion yeah and if there's like any doubt that it's like may well maybe it's not then they they won't overturn it um yeah i don't really know what you change i think you say like if you intentionally hit the puck in the net with anything but your stick it's not allowed it's that simple you can't intentionally hit the puck in the net with anything but your hockey stick you can redirect it into the net. You can angle it, but you can't intentionally hit the puck into the net with anything but your stick. I think that would kind of cover what happened last night. I would say he intentionally hit the puck into the net with his skate. He didn't redirect it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yes, I just think it's one of those things that it is what it is. Get used to it in hockey. Cause like, I'm already, Hey, we're venting now, you know, we're getting it out. Um, yeah. I, 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 I put, I put on Twitter today, like, Hey, get ready. Cause a goal interference, they're going to be coming. The goal interference is what you're going to see more of the goal. Interference you'll see is even less more of these weird kick ones. You'll see a lot more goal interference ones that are like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah. So, and we'll have a goal waved off because of it too, which I is sometimes, I think it's more frustrating than having losing a goal is worse. Yeah, than yeah, losing a goal, getting one on taken off the board is much worse. 
<laughs> yeah, than, 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 than being stuck with one thrown on you. I, I agree there. And yeah. uh, we have four games before the next pod in the next week. I kind of honestly think we'll probably have at least one weird goal interference one in the next four games. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet at the very least there's a, a challenge to say, hey, I think this was goal interference. <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully the weird one goes for us this time since we're already down right now in the, in the karma yeah. goals. That's, we're already yeah. down one after one game. So we are I did one. like, though, <laughs> I felt like we got some uh, – I feel like we got some street cred. Like I noticed a lot of people like, welcome to the league guys, you know, welcome here to the NHL rest. And and it's another thing that's already in the different mold of Vegas. Vegas started with an immediate winning streak. First place wire to wire. They never really faced the adversity, right? (laughs) Yeah. We get adversity. We get bad calls right away. And I've seen, I didn't know this was a thing as much, but people are like, oh, the Vegas golden ref strike again. So now we're already like on the, the refs don't like us side, which I'd much rather be on that side. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So uh, anyway, overall so, though, overall good game. They kept up with the. I mean, we both picked Vegas to win the division, right? They're the best team yeah. in the division, and yeah. we were tied with them halfway through the third period. So we hung with them. I felt like hung the with game them could the have whole gone time. either way. Yeah, yeah. So it was I, good uh, stuff. I noticed too. So uh, last couple of things, I was just gonna, I was gonna say. So when we were making yeah. our push, I noticed uh, we had the, the the big moment. I felt like we lost it. Was that the last power play we had, the power play couldn't get going. And then we had the four on three and we just couldn't even uh, really get much. That, that kind of felt like, up. that kind of felt like, you know, that was kind of our last great shot. Vegas had some good shot blocks in that kind of power play. Yeah. Um, yeah. One we could get though, anything again, through to the net. Another Morgan geeky thing that stood out to me was when the call, the delayed call, uh, it was four on four and stone took down McCann to, which was a smart, honestly play. We were about to have like a three on yeah. one the other way. Uh, but geeky got the puck and he made, and like an insane saucer pass that I felt like the broadcast just kind of didn't really mention. He like shot the puck like over someone's head and dropped it like flat for Hayden Flurry. And before we even had that power play, Hayden Flurry had a like a, a basically yeah. partial breakaway chance there before that whistle blew on the delayed call. And that was a, that was like a golden opportunity there and another great play by Geeky. Yeah, yeah, man, Geeky's gonna be a stud. He's he's gonna be great for us this year. I could see him pushing to get on the the first power play unit you know yeah. i'd almost like to see him on the point right or on top of one of the mm-hmm. circles with the shot he's got mm-hmm. uh, and get out there with the top line and then him and giordano on the point i would i would like to see more morgan geeky especially in uh just offensive situations like that yeah i could see him taking over that uh that that, that spot that wenberg's in right now yeah because yeah. right now it's that top line with giordano and wenberg i could see him taking that wenberg spot um and you know throughout the season folks you'll see like you know, every team's going to go into sort of offensive ruts and you'll see the lines get shuffled a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing for a few games every now and then when that happens, you know, Geeky's one of our better offensive players, seeing him center Everly and Schwartz every now and then, that can be fun too. So yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see his role and how it evolves on the team when it's only been one game so far, but he definitely was a player that jumped out. Um, and then he went, but he wasn't on the ice end of the game. We had the first power play unit, uh, which was, you know, Schwartz, McCann and Everly, our first line. And then Wenberg and Giordano, and then they put Donato out there, which I didn't think was a bad call either. Donato was also a noticeable yeah. player getting chances all night, working hard. Um, I almost would have rather had though Geeky and Donato and probably left Wenberg off the ice there in that situation with just how the how the game had gone. But um they got some chances yeah. there with the goalie pulls, couldn't quite get it done. But over overall, overall they 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 looked they looked like they belong and they looked like they competed with one of the best teams in the league. Yep. Love to see it. So what we'll get a, back at it. One more thing, though. What about yeah. Mark Stone's post-game comments? Oh, what a... 
Okay. Imagine we got a bad play- guy already. We have imagine, another bad guy. Pl- imagine playing for the Vegas Golden Knights with the show they put on before the game starts and being mad about some, some showmanship by the other team. Imagine celebrating like Mark Stone after every goal. Yeah. Except for Chandler Stevenson's kick, like I mentioned. Yeah. But imagine celebrating like Mark Stone every time you score, which again, I am for. And then Morgan yeah. Geeky, who just sort of, apparently, it looked to me like he was just kind of looking I, around. He almost, I he almost had I like, never saw any video. He looked like Quinn Hughes' nervous energy, right? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. That's what it looked like to he me. He doesn't know what and, he's doing. And then, like, a stick twirl is like, a, if anybody plays golf, like, you hit a good shot and sometimes you twirl the club or, like, there's some good clips of, uh, like, Tiger doing it. He, like, twirls his club after he gets a good shot as he's coming down on his backswing. And bat flip, that kind of thing in baseball. But sometimes he gets stick twirls a fun one. And apparently Mark Stone said he did it as he was skating by their bench or something. And he was, like, staring at their bench. And he said... Mark Stone said something in the lines and fired us up, you know, for the next shift, you know, and, you know, I guess don't fire us up because, you know, apparently, you know, that's why they scored the next shift was yeah. because of the stick twirl. Not because, not because we had stormed back and tied at three. They were just, you know, the, the stick twirl is what did it. Yeah. Well, you know what? We've both long been advocates that uh, Vegas was going to be the biggest rival of this team, um, mm-hmm. more so than Vancouver even. Uh, and part of my mind was thinking that it would be kind of slightly one-sided where we would hate Vegas because the comparisons would always be there and like we're probably not going to live up to what they did their first year right um, mm-hmm. but that tells me that Vegas doesn't like us already so that's I, I feel like is is great news <laughs> it's fun yeah, dude. it's fun having a team yeah, where we where we already don't like each other yeah because the game wasn't overly physical there wasn't too much rough yeah. stuff there wasn't too many scrums there wasn't too much of that which which I was fine with, you know, everyone's just kind of trying to find their legs, find their game. You know, we have a long road yeah. trip coming up, you know, there'll be plenty of that stuff to get into as games happen. Um, but yes, that uh, I'm sure, I'm sure our team has heard that. I'm sure they've taken note. Uh, mm-hmm. Disrespect has been noted and it <laughs> won't soon be forgotten, Mark Stone. And yeah. uh, thank you. But at the same time, like, I love it. Cause I, I think I've told you before, I don't know what it is, but I've always kind of been like, ah, I don't know why I should like Mark Stone. He celebrates, he like, you know, he, he doesn't really, you know, he just, he just works hard and he makes the smart plays, you know, so I should like him, but for some reason I don't. And now I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. You You're know, right all like along. A, he just looks like a dirty French Canadian. And I don't know. There's just, he looks like a Xavier Flem when he, he looks like Xavier Flem when he grows up. <laughs> a grown up Xavier Leflem. That's grown great. up Xavier Leflem. Nothing. Hey, nothing against French Canadians. I can't wait to go to Montreal and see a cracking game one year. I've always yeah. wanted to go see Montreal, and I hope. Uh, hey, shout out Yanni Gord. He's French Canadian, right? They, oh, dude, Yanni Gord. <laughs> Yanni Gord's interviews are already my favorite interviews. He's uh, delightful. He's the best man. No, I hope. Uh, I hope the Coyotes move to Quebec. You know, they're going to move to Houston instead. But I would love to see the Nordiques <laughs> back in the league too. Yeah, but no, that's you know, Mark Stone just kind of. Uh, he gives off those uh, kind of vibes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> snooty, Pepe Le Pew kind of vibes. Snooty kind of vibes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he looks like he just, you know, needs a shower. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. I think that about wraps up the first game. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Is there anything from around the league you want to talk about? Uh, Wayne Gretzky on TNT was somewhat enjoyable with Charles Barkley that they got on there. Um, yeah, dude. It's absurd. And I love it. I. <laughs> Why not yeah. throw Charles Barkley out there? <laughs> yeah. I had a great time. See, Charles Barkley does uh, the NBA on TNT with Shaq. So now I can't wait to see Shaq come on next. But um, Yeah, let's get Shaq. He, Shaq's I've already heard, got his own Kraken jersey. 
That's right. And he's a big chicken in the house of climate pledge. So can't mm-hmm. wait to get me a big chicken on opening night. Uh, but uh, Charles Barkley's always a, he's, he's a hockey fan when playoffs roll around. Cause he always, uh, I've heard him multiple times on like the, the NBA show, the post game show, he'll get mad about guys getting all, getting all tough in the basketball playoffs and he'll bring up hockey playoffs. And I just, I've, I love that about Charles Barkley that he's an ex basketball player and a basketball analyst that does that. So I know he's a hockey fan. So it was fun to see them get him involved. And, uh, and yes, between the first and second period of uh, the Rangers capitals game, they had little, they had a full size net. They gave Barkley a full size goalie stick and a blocker and a glove and his reactions to putting it on and looking at it were hilarious. And then they had Wayne Gretzky, like the Wayne Gretzky, the great one, grab a hockey stick and five of the little foam pucks that you probably have at home with your kids. And they had him, <laughs> they had him shoot on Charles Barkley. It was absurd. It was great. Charles Barkley. And he went four not... for five. He didn't yeah. score them all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't think Barkley was... was ready for, for, uh, for how good of a shot Wayne still had. Yeah, no, that was, that was that was a uh, that that was great to see. Again, we talk about just just being different, trying new things. You know, it's yeah, fun. It's just fun. having it's, fun. It's fun. Sports to see. are supposed to be fun. Like ESPN's also got the show called The Point. I don't know if it's daily or weekly. I'm not sure what I'm not sure what the cadence is of it yet. But it's Bouchergrass is the host, um, and then Emily Kaplan and Torts are like the two studio analysts. And like, yeah. I'm not a fan of Torts the coach. I'm I I think Torts the analyst has a lot of potential. I'm curious to see how it goes. Yeah, I. I'm, I would like to watch more. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So it's fun sure. to see new things. But as far as games so far, there's only been a couple, but Pittsburgh kind of just basically steamrolling Tampa Bay surprised me. Uh, they just outplayed them start to finish without Crosby and Malkin. And that, and they also lost Jared McCann off their team last year. Like that was surprising to see. It seemed like yeah. Tampa Bay, John Cooper said it, I think in his post game, like, we were here to hang a banner. They were here to win a hockey game. And like that kind of is what it looked like. Um, yeah. I did. John Cooper pulled his goalie with three minutes left, down three with six to go, which I hope is the new thing. I hope people adapt yeah. down three, pulling their goalie with more than five minutes left. The problem is they scored five and a half minutes left and he pulled him again. What, what were your thoughts on that? Like down two. With um, five and a yeah, half to go. I was surprised. The, uh, the analytics do back up pulling your goalie down, down two with five to go is Absolutely a correct time, according to most okay. models I've seen. Um, okay. But I also, as a longtime hockey fan, saw it and I was like, oh, he put, he just got the goalie out right away again? Okay. And I was a little cautious, but that's, yeah. I mean, I like it. I like being aggressive. Why not? See, I, mean, I if it's me, I do too. And I think what I, my aggressive in that scenario down to is, the first time you get possession and you're going the other way with less than four minutes to go, like as soon as the clock gets under four minutes, that's when I'm pulling the goalie down to personally, I guess I'm, I guess I'm, is that, is that old school? <laughs> <laughs> a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, it didn't work out for them. They had just a bunch of back and forth. They got two goals with their goalie pulled. They gave up like two or three empty netters. I don't yeah, know. I think they, I think final. Three empty netters. Yeah. It was, it was weird, man. It was weird. Yeah. If you bet on that game, like on an over or under, that was probably a wild drive for you. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, then we had the Rangers and Cavs. The Cavs rolled the Rangers. Uh, Avalanche looked great against Chicago. Cool, Chicago um, looked bad. They, 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 they battled back a bit, mm. but um, Seth Jones looked bad. Yeah, they their defense <laughs> looked rough that first period, man. Yeah, 
yeah, they were they were they were they getting torched time. and uh Marc Andre Fleury was questioning <laughs> questioning Everything. all his life decisions of that. <laughs> yeah, that should that have retired. Period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, no, though just uh fun to see hockey back on, fun to see a new broadcast. That's I think the overarching yeah. theme from from around the league right now. Um yeah. let's uh one thing before we get into our our, our preview of next week. Let's uh, we we did last show. We picked our playoff teams, but we let, 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 we last year we picked a Stanley Cup finalist and a Stanley Cup winner at the beginning of the season. I feel like that's necessary too. What uh, I, I think I think it. I got mine. I think I got mine. You got. I'm I'm going blind. I I don't have a pick yet. I think I think I know. I think I know for me. So I'll go first. I you, you go ahead. You already. I, I'm going to pull you, up my playoff teams here. You probably already. Uh, you probably you probably already know, but last so last year I picked I picked the Avalanche over the Islanders. That was my that was my pick last year, and this year mm-hmm. I think those are solid teams to go with again. But I'm not going to. I'm going to pick the Islanders to win the cup this year. Oh, okay. Maddie Barzell is raising that cup up over his head. <laughs> Barry Trotz is going to win it with another team. They have the best goaltending tandem. That will be good enough. They they lost Jordan Everly, but they also get Anders Lee back, who wasn't part of the team last year. Um, Kyle Palmieri, they traded for, they signed Zach Parise, who I think is going to have a little bit of jump left. They're a little bit older, but I just think they're, they got a lot of guys that haven't won yet that are running out of time. I like the Islanders to do it this year. I like the mix of young upside Oliver Wallstrom playing with Barzell, I think is going to be look out for that. And, and, and I just keep talking about the Islanders because I'm, I'm really, I'm upset about who, who I have is. I'm going to have them beating Vegas. I think Vegas gets back to the finals oh, this year. Boo. I want to pick Colorado again, and I really don't want to do it. But, man, you know, even before last night, I just – before the heading of the season, I just feel like Vegas looks good. Vegas looks good. Leonard's Vegas a good goalie. Really good. Yeah. Vegas is very good offensively and defensively, and I think they have the goaltending edge over, over Colorado. Darcy Kemper's good, and he may thrive not having to play in front of that Arizona defense, playing in front of Colorado's – or behind Colorado's defense – but I have the Islanders. Um, I have the Islanders taking down the Knights because I cannot pick Vegas to win the Stanley Cup. Um, I have the <laughs> well, Islanders I'm glad. Down the I'm glad you Knights went short of that. <laughs> glad you at least held yourself up from there. Yeah, my, my initial thought dignity. Was, my initial thought was to pick the other way around, and I was like, no, I picked the Islanders to lose last year, and I'm not picking Vegas to win it in the Kraken's first year. Absolutely not. So that's the spirit. I got Islanders over Vegas, Dan. Who do you? Uh, who All right. Who do you got? I got this. I got. I got this. I got this. In the Stanley Cup Finals, <laughs> the, the Colorado Avalanche are going to make it to the finals this year. They're going to do the it. They've, they've had some tough, some tough, like heartbreaking losses in the playoffs, and they'll learn. And that's going to take them all the way to the finals. But they're going to lose. They're going to lose in the finals to the Florida Panthers. Oh my God! Oh, we're getting weird here. I don't even have Florida in the playoffs, Dan. Yeah, you're weird for that. It's crazy. It's tough. Look, it's an extremely tough division in the Atlantic and the Eastern Conference in general. Um, they can make the playoffs. I think anybody in the East has a shot. And I just think Tampa takes a step back this year. I thought that before going before they lost to Pittsburgh, I was like, look, Tampa's still really, really good. But they lost like their entire Gord Coleman Goudreau line. Like they're going to be a little bit worse. Um, you know, I'm not going to pick Toronto because <laughs> Toronto is still going to choke in the playoffs. So, yeah, we're rolling with Florida. They're really good. I think Bobrovsky bounces back, and I think him and Spencer Knight make a great goaltending tandem. 
Uh, Huberdeau and Barkov are always good. Carter for Haggy surprised. And you know what? Maybe I am uh, overcorrecting from last year when I, the Florida Panthers were an afterthought and then they were like a powerhouse that won the division. <laughs> uh, very possible. But, you know, it's never <laughs> – we pick Colorado versus Tampa, right? And it's never those two teams in the final. So I tried to get a little weird here and pick one good team in Colorado and one still good team, but maybe a surprise pick with Florida. So we're going that. Florida Panthers, Stanley Cup champions. Hey, hey, I like it. I like it. We both have champions coming out of the East. Yeah. So I know, don't get me wrong. They were really good last year. Picking them as the playoffs is last year. I picked like Boston was my team to fall off, you know, and uh, yeah. I just, I guess, I guess I don't have enough faith that, that just the kind of that organization to kind of, I guess, that they, you know, that they, that they've done the right thing. So um, they do have Barkov and Huberdo, which is, they're not going to be a bad team with those guys. Like they're, 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 they're not going to be bad. They're, they're, those players are too good. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll score enough to win you enough games throughout the year for them to not, to not be bad. So I'm very excited. You picked the Florida Panthers, Dan. I thought you were going to pick the Maple Leafs. Oh, that, that would be a bold prediction. Yeah. 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 That would be a bold prediction. I, I considered it, but I was like, no, it's Islander season. I picked I hell, I picked the Leafs to win the win that division, but I picked the Panthers coming out come out on top in the playoffs. You also said the Leafs were gonna lose in the first round, though, with the caveat to winning that division. Yeah. Not yeah, that we picked I, the playoffs yet, but you did, you did. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see how we feel when we get to playoff season. Um, yeah. all right, so we got it locked in. We got our playoff teams written down. We got our Stanley Cup, uh, our Stanley Cup winners and finalists. Let's go up. Before we get out of here, let's uh, let's tell them what to look out for this coming week. The Kraken will have four games before we come at you next Thursday, um, starting uh, starting with Nashville on Thursday. But they also are going to have a, a little bit of a different lineup guaranteed because Marcus Johansson, who was playing on the uh, who's playing on the second line with Alex Wenberg and Jonas Donskoy and playing on our second yeah. power play unit, he has been put on IR. So he is out for the rest of this week. So he'll be out for all four games. The way it works in hockey is, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but IR, you are you can be taken off. You have a chance weekly to be taken off of IR. Yeah, yeah. You you, so he'll be on it for at least seven days is the rule. Okay. So yeah, it's it's not like football. So don't if you're a football fan and you hear a guy went on injured reserve, don't not panic. A big deal. He's not. Yeah. He's not out for the year or at least you know half the year. It's they'll go on and off. Um, but yeah, he'll he will miss at least a week with a lower body injury. I don't really know exactly what happened. I thought I saw. At one point during the game, him go into the boards kind of awkwardly, but I don't think he even missed a shift or anything. So yeah, um, so it's interesting. Hard yeah, hard to say yeah. what happened, but it's it's early in the season, so they're going to be cautious this kind of stuff. And with yeah. with us still figuring out our lineup too, you know, we have Kelly Arncroke on the COVID list right now. Yanni Gord was listed day to day on opening night. Yeah, yeah, man, Yanni Gord could Yanni so, Gord could could play in October. <laughs> like, like they, I certainly saying, wouldn't be surprised about that they're saying he's just on this road trip to just like be with the boys and, you know, like for the camaraderie, but like, I'm starting to like call bullshit. Like he's there. Like I kind of, <laughs> Dude, like, is he going to play like, in the home opener? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to set myself up to be disappointed, but like, I, I, he took that contact Jersey out, no contact Jersey off like a week or two ago. And I know they're not going to go full contact right away, but he seems like he wants to play hockey and yeah. I'm sure it's tough for him because if he was playing, he said he was playing with a bum shoulder for a couple years. So mm-hmm. even if it's not a hundred percent yet, it probably already feels better than it did before. So to That's him, true. he's like, yeah. I'm ready to go. And the yeah. doctors are like, well, like let's not be in the same scenario you've been in the last three years. So yeah, 
No, I, I actually know, I heard I heard him I heard him speaking about it actually um, talking about if if he's missing getting back out there and he he said that he does miss being out there but he also you know when he got the surgery he told himself well look this is a long term thing I'm prepared to miss a lot of time because in the yeah. long run it's going to be better for me so I I think he's got a good head on his shoulders about it and. So I, I don't think they're going to rush him back. I don't think he's going to rush back. So I think he just happens to feel that good, which is awesome. I think but, personally, as good yeah. of a thought as that is, I think it's 100% on the organization to, to, to not rush him back. Because I promise you, after seeing them play their first game, Yanni Gord wants to play. Yeah. He wants to play on Thursday night. He wants to play in Nashville. Like, he's yeah. like, if, if they came and said, like, Yanni, it's up to you, he'd be like, in my gear like let's <laughs> like let's roll you know like yeah uh, but no you're right there i think they're doing the right things we also claimed uh alex is it barre boulet oh man i don't know yet we should have <laughs> some research on that i feel like a dummy completely honest people we are high on him up. i hadn't heard i hadn't heard of him but people are really high on him people just say he was buried in tampa bay's depth chart people yeah really like Tampa is really deep so um he's doesn't have a lot of time but he's got some good defensive impacts already um by some of the advanced stats and then I've heard he's got like potential uh, offensive upside, and if you can and like slot him in on your second line or second power play unit, um, if he if he gets a chance, he he could potentially score some goals. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. <laughs> I really, yeah, I, I, I'm not I, familiar with him. I'm I'm excited to see him on the ice at some point. I, I'm with yeah. you there. Um, we also haven't seen anything from Colin Blackwell yet. He's on IR. He's week to week. So at some point we'll be adding him to the lineup. He's uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's a young guy with some offensive upside as well. So he's a, uh, he's a little bit smaller, but he, he plays the game hard and he knows how to produce points. So um, I'm excited to see a lot of these guys get injected into the lineup and help with our goal scoring throughout the year. Um, we, we saw Carson, Susie and Will Borgen are our two healthy scratches on D. So we were, we, we were correct. There's going to, there's eight D yeah. um, for now. And they sent uh, Dennis Chelosky down to Charlotte. Yeah, um, so that was he did clear waiver, so he'll be on yep. on Charlotte. Um, and then we called up Cole Lind is on Seattle's lineup now. Yeah, uh, so re- it'll, re- it'll either be him and... or or Barre Boulay, which yeah. I will Google how to pronounce correctly immediately. Yeah, sorry, Alex. Sorry, Alex, and sorry, fans. <laughs> we should be better. So um, we uh, but we don't we don't know who's going to play this week. We'll probably see some Lind. We'll probably see some ABB. Um, yeah, I would be surprised to see them both, right? They'll they'll switch it up. Yeah. We'll we'll have a different scratch each night. Um, I bet we see all these guys at some point over this five game road trip. So, yeah, should be good. I would venture. Yeah. I would venture to guess we'll see Susie and Borgen as well. I would. Yeah. I mean, I would venture to guess yeah. Lazan will probably have a couple games off, and I would venture to guess the other five D are in there. I think uh, I was underestimating Hayden Flurry last week. Sorry, Hayden, but I think he's locked <laughs> in. I think we sort of have our five D and Flurry, Giordano, Alexiak, Larson, and Dunn. And the Lazan Susie Borgen are going to fight out for that last uh, that last spot. Um, yeah, but yeah. So starting off, what, what should we look out for? Uh, I guess this comes out uh, Thursday. So what should we look out for tonight in Nashville? Nashville. Um, let's see. They just they just extended. Was it Aaron Eckblad? Right. Uh, their they defenseman. did. That was the big. Yeah, yeah. That just that's, happened. That's yeah, Nashville's big news. They haven't played a game yet, so they are going to be really fresh. Uh, meanwhile, Seattle just played two nights ago in Vegas and traveled. I think that Seattle traveled on Wednesday to Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be hard because Nashville is also a notoriously tough place to play. Uh, they haven't been as good the last couple of years, so I don't know if the stadium's gotten a little bit quieter. Oh, well, I guess they haven't really had fans the last couple of years either. 
but yeah. but yeah, Nashville, they got it's a loud stadium from what I've heard. It's one of my uh, bucket lists. I would love to go see a game in Nashville. So it's going to be a tough environment. Uh, I'm excited to see some new faces. I'm excited to see if Colin can do anything, uh, what the lineup looks like. Uh, I'm excited to see what Morgan Geeky, if he keeps scoring goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they have UC Soros. They're usually a tough defensive team. Yeah. So it should be a good goal. I think, yeah, I think yeah. you can expect a low scoring game. I think, you know, so we lost four and three to Vegas. I would venture to guess that we end up winning more games than we lose when we score three by the end of the year. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. Well, yeah, I would agree. I was going to say the defense, it'll be close. The defense it'll wasn't close. as encouraging as like, didn't look as locked down as I thought it would against Vegas, but again, Vegas is really freaking good, and it was game one. It's, so it's hard to yes, tell. It's hard to not tell. Not adjust my priors that yeah. much. I would agree that if we can score three goals, we're going to win more than we lose. I think so. I agree. The defense was kind of lackluster as far as what I was expecting, but then I kept reminding yeah. myself, like, hey, this is like to me, it's like like I said earlier, Vegas, Colorado, Tampa are the top three in my mind offensive teams in the league. Toronto, yeah. you can probably or Toronto and Edmonton, I guess you can probably throw yeah, in there offensively, too, but I would say, yeah. Those are the top five handful of teams that you're you're going to struggle if you don't get probably four goals against. So um, I think this will be you can expect a lower scoring game. You might even see a two to two to one or three to two kind of game. They do have a Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg. They got some guys that can put the puck in that in Nashville. And yes, uh, Matias Ekholm is uh, is as good as it gets in Roman Yossi on D. So they're 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 going to be a tough game, but um, I'm fun to I'm excited to see us. Uh, Rolling to Nashville and, and to play somebody that's not Vegas. Um, after that, we'll be taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets, who we both don't think super highly of this year. Nah, Columbus uh, isn't going to be that good. They do have Patrick Lina, who's fun to watch, so I'm excited to so see that'll him be play fun. against Patrick Lina, right? Yeah, they uh, have uh, Patrick Lina. Max, Max Domi's a good player that's also a little pest, so he'll be he'll get under our skin. That'll be fun. Yep. Oh, and then uh, they traded for uh, Jacob Voracek. I forgot. Uh, Voracek right. Atkinson got traded. Voracek. Cam Atkinson got traded for each other. So Jacob Voracek's now in uh, in Nashville. So um, they also acquired Jake Bean, who was a, you know, me and you were both high on. And, you yeah, know, and Columbus just has all the Seattle Kraken legends Jake Bean, Jacob Voracek. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so um, they also gave Zach Wierenski that big contract. Um, yeah. So, so, so Columbus, you know, there's, there's no easy games in the NHL. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's hockey can go either way pretty much any given night. Um, but I do between Nashville and Columbus, I, you know, I, I hope we can take both of these games. You know, we both picked yeah. up to have a winning record on this road trip. So I would, I would hope that after the way we looked against Vegas, that we can, we can honestly, I would, I would hope that we can take down Nashville and Columbus. Then we head into a back to back. We'll get Philadelphia on Monday night. So Nate Thompson, will get his first chance to play against the Kraken. <laughs> Yeah, Philadelphia, I don't think too highly of them. I picked them to finish last in the division. Uh yeah. Yeah, they I mean, we'll see how we'll see how Carter Hart bounces back from his his kind of tough outing last year. Carter Hart, yeah. Everett Silvertips legend, who can be a really, really fantastic goalie at times, but has also had some really rough stretches because goaltenders are just impossible to predict. Um yeah. so yeah, to me it's gonna come down to how Carter Hart plays. I think Carter Hart could steal a game for them. And I think we also could score six goals on Carter Hart. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Car- yeah. He, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. Like, Car- yeah, like, yeah. like it's going to come down to, to Carter Hart. Cause they do, you know, some people are high on Philadelphia this year and some people are low kind of like we both are. I've seen them like yeah. kind of their projections kind of all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think I saw Emily Kaplan. Somebody had him pick him to like win. Somebody has him to win the division. So they're all over. So all over yeah. the place. I mean, they acquired Cam Atkinson for Voracek. So, you know, we'll see how that trade goes. They still have, um, I mean, they still have Claude Giroux. They still have Sean Couturier. Uh, Joel Farabee's a good up and coming player. Abe Kubel. Like they have, you know, JVR, James Van Like they have some, they have some, some offensive prowess and they have, they traded for Ryan Ellis last year. Even Provorov, I think is a top 10 defenseman or at least he's, you know, he's on his way to being one of those top, top five guys in the league. I, I think I, I really like Provorov. Um, but then, you know, like Rem Rasmus Ristolainen and Keith Yandel, you know, he did, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sold either. Um, they've kind of, they've been stagnant. They at least made some moves to shake up their roster, which I'll give them credit for, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not sold. It's going to work either. So, you know, I hope, uh, you know, I hope this, I hope, I hope we're able to take three of the next four, honestly. Like that's what I would, yeah. that's what I would like to see. Like that's a little, but that might be asking a bit much. We at least would probably want to split and at least take two of the five on the road, but I'd love to see us get, get a winning record out of the gates and take three of these next four. Um, yeah. After Philly, we, we ended up, it'll be back-to-back nights. We, uh, we get the Devils. Yeah. The Devils made a lot of changes this year. The Devils think they are done with their rebuild. So uh, I think they're ready. They, they think they're ready. Jack Hughes is there. He's taking some steps up, and they signed Dougie Hamilton, the best free agent defenseman on the market. Um, they do have a little bit of a question mark and goal uh, with Mackenzie Blackwood, who was also really good for a bit last year, but then sort of fell off towards the end of the year. Um, he also isn't vaccinated and is I, – I don't know if he will even be playing on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, their backup goalie is Jonathan Bernier, who's got a lot of – uh, he's a pretty tenured guy. He he's he's a decent goalie. Like, yeah, he doesn't scare me, but he's not terrible either. So, and they got uh, they got backup wood. Yeah, they got they got all they got a lot of wood in New Jersey because they got, they got well, Scott Wedgwood is also in there in goal. Yeah, yeah. They got Miles Wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're 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 bringing the lumber out there in New Jersey. But uh, yeah. yes, they have Scott Wedgwood and Mackenzie Blackwood. But yeah, Scott Wedgwood and Jonathan Bernier who will be there because you know. If you ain't vaccinated, you ain't playing. That's just how the, how it's gonna work. Like it's <laughs> that's just how it's gonna work in hockey and basketball. I think we're all we're all starting to see that. And uh yeah. Ky, you know, Kyrie Kyrie is learning the hard way that uh that's just how it's gonna go. But that's um, how it's gonna go. Yeah, if if, if Kyrie, Kyrie can't play, then if Kyrie can't play in New York, then I promise you Mackenzie Blackwood is not playing in New, in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, so the Devils were the big Dougie Hamilton sweepstakes winners. The Devils had a yep. Dougie Hamilton, so that'll be the big thing to see. They have PK Subban, who folks we we you know PK Subban. We want we love PK Subban. He uh, yeah. So we'll see we'll see we'll see both of them. I think I think the Devils think they're the 2022 Mariners. They're ready to compete. I think they're yep. the 2021 Padres though, where they're gonna hang in there. <laughs> they're gonna be in it, but they're just gonna come up a little short. They're gonna finish middle of the pack and just kind of just be on the outside looking in and. Um, that's kind of my prediction for them is they're not going to be a bad team by any stretch. I think this will probably, I don't know. I'd say between this one and Nashville, probably two of the the toughest, the two, the two of the tougher matchups uh, on the, of these next four. Um, yeah. They also added Thomas Tatar and Jimmy VC. So they, again, they're kind of taking some projects on the back end of their lineup. So that with some upside with kind of low risk, um, a lot of top picks in recent years. So New Jersey, this will be a, this will be a tough game to finish, especially on the second end of a back-to-back. And at the sure. fifth game of a five-game road trip, and then uh, yeah, and then after that, we'll uh, we should have another episode coming out before the home opener on the twenty-third. Yeah, 
yeah, we'll come at you yeah. a week a week from a week from today on uh, on Thursday the the twenty first. We'll have one drop a couple of days to preview the home opener and recap the road trip. Um, yeah, Should we'll we keep do. you guys up. We'll get, we'll keep you guys posted on all things Kraken and our our thoughts on the team as the season goes along. Yeah, perfect. All right, some final thoughts. Uh, our new guy that we claimed from Tampa, ABB. Mm-hmm. Where's number twelve? How do you feel about that? Well, I feel like he's going to endear himself to Seahawks fans right away. Yeah. I mean, do you think anybody <laughs> will be mad that he's wearing number 12? Because they'll be like, hey, I thought players couldn't wear that. No. <laughs> I might be confusing. Um, I did. I have seen. I haven't unjoined the Facebook group, Facebook group yet, but I have seen some <laughs> frustrating questions roll through. But I'm, you know, hey, we're, we're trying to be encouraging of new hockey fans. So you yeah. got to understand it. But yes, I saw like if somebody was like, hey, are they going to like pick like a number one or because didn't didn't Everett do that? Didn't Everett? Don't they have number one retired? Yes, number one is Everett retired that, right? Everett for the yeah. fans. Yeah. So I've correct. seen people like throughout there, or like I saw somebody throughout the idea of like, would they like retire 32 since they've kind of, which, which actually yeah. that seemed to me like more valid is like they've kind of yeah. branded themselves as the 32nd if they do, team. If they do something, it'll be 32. Personally, don't expect anything, folks. I don't expect anything. It's just not really the yeah. same as hockey works. Um, You know, I saw someone like, to talk about like the sixth or seventh man, which is already confusing because, you know, when you pull the goalie, there's six and, Unless the goalie's pulled, there's our you know five skaters and a goalie, so the seventh man sounds kind of weird. Didn't, uh, Columbus, didn't Columbus? Didn't they have the fifth line? They call, and I was going to say Columbus already has the fifth line, which yeah. which is I think I actually think that's pretty cool. I like <laughs> I really like I really like that. Um, but you know, we, it's already taken, so you can't be you can't yeah. steal it. So personally, I think we'll just be a rowdy group. I don't think I don't think we'll have anything like that. But uh, my thoughts on. Number 12 is kind of a middle of the pack number to me. It's a, it's definitely a forward number. I think um, mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, Patrick Marlowe is the first guy I think of when I think of the number 12. Um, yeah. So I think there's some, there's some offensive upside to it. Me personally, it doesn't really do anything for me. It's just like, meh, it's just kind of, you know, it's a number. Yeah. I like it. It's, I think it's a, it's a very uh, middle six number, you know, because I could see it playing on the second line. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't it, think it's got top line potential. You know, and you know what, it doesn't, which is funny because the 13, 14, 15 line is our fourth line. I feel like 12 has got to be on the top nine, at least. I feel like 12 doesn't belong on the fourth line. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. I agree. 13, 14, <laughs> 15 all work perfect on the fourth line, but 12, 12, 12 is better than the fourth line. <laughs> yeah. 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 12, 12 we only, is, 12, we only provide the most sincere analysis on this podcast. This, this has been your numerology segment of the week. Every time a player joins the team, we'll, uh, we will analyze their their choice in numbers and make uh, make rash decisions about who they are as people. <laughs> That's right. And I'm sure we will be 100% correct every time. <laughs> Let's finish on some numbers. Uh, so this is episode number 26, Dan. Who uh, who, who you got for, for favorite all-time 26, or I guess Seattle, Seattle number 26? My favorite Seattle number 26 is definitely Michael Robinson. The real Mike Robert Ford, fullback for the Seattle Seahawks. You know, just partners in crime with Marshawn Lynch. How do you not love Mike Rob, man? He was he was a delight when he was here. So I'm gonna say Mike yeah, Robinson. Man. He was like the the Marshawn Lynch spokesperson. He would like yeah. speak for him when Marshawn Lynch was like uncomfortable and getting anxiety, and the media were just being assholes to him. So mm-hmm. got you. You always love Mike Rob for all, for all of that stuff. Um, I uh, I think I would probably say Ken Hamlin. I don't know. If, do you remember Ken Hamlin, the Hammer? He was yeah, the sa- he was the free safety on yeah. the first Super Bowl team, and. Yeah. It was really tragic. Like, right, remember before the Super Bowl, after the NFC Championship, he had got like jumped in Pioneer Square and he couldn't play because someone like broke his jaw. It was 
a messed up thing that happened to Ken Hamlin, which is just, just, but, but Ken Hamlin, like the hammer was his nickname. He was like the, the original big hitting safety that we had, you know, well, I guess not originally, you know, we had Kenny Easley, but, um, <laughs> but, but for the, for the original Super Bowl team, that, that Matt Hasselbeck, yeah. Sean Alexander team, you know, the, the offense gets a lot of the credit back then because they were the stronger unit, but the defense wasn't bad. And Ken Hamlin was one of the better players on that defense. So I'd, uh, I'd give a shout out to Ken Hamlin. And if you want to talk about defense, can't talk about defense in baseball without talking about Brendan Ryan. <laughs> I do not need to hear about Brendan Ryan's defense anymore. <laughs> Congrats on having a shortstop that can hit 149, but play gold glove defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we have one. Now we have a real one in J.P. Crawford. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there, there's number 26 is for you. Uh, Patrick Eliash is a good hockey one. Martin St. Louis. Yeah. Patrick Eliash was a longtime devil, and see. we end our road trip with the Devils, and that's our full circle moment. Right <laughs> oh. Goose had enough. The goo's had enough. I think that means we're going to call it here. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. That's been episode 26. <laughs> you can Thank follow you us at the Squid Pod. <laughs> follow, follow the Squid Pod on Twitter. Like and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you next week and we'll take another crack at it. Go Kraken! <laughs>